the internet's home for Motown, soul, and great rock and roll. Skypilotradio.com. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Using free speech to free minds. It's the David Knight Show. Welcome on this Tuesday, July the 9th, 2019. I'm David Knight, your host. We've got uh, Eric Falwell. (laughs) Falwell. Swalwell. (laughs) He might as well be Falwell. Farewell, Swalwell. We hardly knew ye. Well, actually, we did know you, and we couldn't stand you, and we're glad to see that uh, you've basically collapsed. He has resigned to the fact that his massive program of gun confiscation at the threat of nuclear weapons against the American people, that's what he put out on Twitter. Uh, Maybe he wouldn't use nuclear weapons. Maybe he would just go with the nuclear option with a full militarized police confiscation here in the United States against the Constitution. Of course, the problem with that is that it's not working even in New Zealand. We're going to talk about (laughs) that failure as well as the failure of Eric Swalwell coming up in the broadcast today. We're also going to talk about Jeffrey Epstein. And uh, this has really taken over the news media. I'm I'm really more focused on the things that directly affect me in life. And so when I look at this Epstein thing, I see two things. Number one, the political games behind all of this. Why was this guy given a pass? He obviously was running a big pedophile network, but he obviously had a lot of big political connections, a lot of connections with the CIA, other people. Where did he get all of his money? Well, he got it from Victoria's Secret. (laughs) <laughs> what a play. That's where you would expect one of these guys to hang out, right? But we're not going to get into the details of that, but we are going to take a look at how Jeffrey Epstein's America isn't slouching towards Gomorrah, as uh, uh, Bork pointed out. Uh, we, were not sl- we were slouching towards America 20, 30 years ago. I guess it's 30, 40 years ago, maybe, when he was uh, put up by. Uh, Reagan, to be on the Supreme Court. He said, yeah, we're slouching towards Gamora. No, we're already there. We've got drag queen story hours. We are using gender confusion. And as I pointed out, I still can't believe the interview that I had with the father who came here. His wife divorced him, and his wife decided that their young son should be a girl. And so she started this program, uh, basically dressing him as a girl and so forth. When he was with the father, separated, he would always identify as a boy, didn't want to dress as a girl and so forth. But she went to the courts, and the court said, nope, you're going to have to not talk to him about being a boy. You're going to have to use certain pronouns, said the family court. And now this judge is telling him that when this and his son, who is approaching his eighth birthday, he's seven plus now, the judge said, uh, when your son approaches the, the age of eight, we're going to chemically castrate him, and uh, you're not going to have anything to say about it. As a matter of fact, you're going to pay for this. And he says, I'll go to jail first. And if you want to help him, that website is savejames.com. Absolutely amazing. This type of thing is going on in America. So why are we concerned so much about Jeffrey Epstein? Is it the politics? I'm more concerned to save James. I'm more concerned about the drag queen story hours going on everywhere. 
I'm more concerned about the curriculum in our elementary schools coming after these kids because, folks, they're all tied together. The reason they're doing this, the reason that they're pushing this transgender agenda in kindergarten is because they want to make everybody comfortable with the idea that children who haven't even come close to approaching puberty can make decisions about what gender they are. That means that they can make decisions about what, whether they're going to have sex or not, right? That is, I've said this from the very beginning, this whole kindergarten transgender stuff, this drag queen story hour, that is child abuse. It is laying the groundwork for pedophilia. We're also going to talk about the census question, legal issues that have arisen on this. Folks, it's not just an important question for the census. This is an important question for the authority of the presidency. Do you have to get permission from these imperious judges for everything that is within the scope of your office? Does the Constitution even apply anymore, anywhere? That is the real question. It's not even about the census. And so, yeah, we're going to have a S-hole country, or we're going to count American citizens again. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. In a world of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And now, The David Knight Show. Welcome on this Tuesday, July 9th, the year of our Lord, 2019. I'm David Knight, your host. We have a variety of topics we're going to get to today. We're going to talk about the census, as I was saying just before we went to break at the top of the hour. Nancy Pelosi is out there saying, well, you want to make America white again. No, no, it's not MAGA. It's CACA. C-A-C-A. Are we going to count Americans again of all colors, Nancy? Or are we going to have a... President Trump said, an S-hole country. <laughs> so it's caca or an S-hole country. But it's really a question of authority. The more important question, as important as I've said many times, as important as this question of the census is, does everything the president has a lawful right and a duty to do, does that all have to be approved and rubber stamped by political judges everywhere? I say no. I say no. And uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what the American people think about this versus what Nancy Pelosi thinks and says about this. And we're also going to talk, of course, about what's going on with Epstein. But we're going to do it in a different light uh, than you probably heard. I'm going to tell you, folks, that I think that Jeffrey Epstein is just the tip of the iceberg of what America has become. We have become a nation that sexualizes our children, and it's being done in our government schools, our government institutions. We have become Sodom and Gomorrah. We are sexualizing our kids with this transgender agenda because we want to pretend that they can determine that. And if they're mature enough to determine what gender they are, they're mature enough to determine whether or not they want to have sex. It is a pedophile agenda. It has been from the very beginning. And so this is about you and your children. Even if they don't ever come near these disgusting corporate and political elites that. around Jeffrey Epstein. We're going to talk about that also. We have some updates on fossil fools. <laughs> You've got all these pictures. The Drudge Report's got the swamp. is now literally flooded. But, of course, it was just a week ago. On July 1st, a lot of new rules come in in all these different jurisdictions. One of the rules I didn't talk about was 
the draconian new anti-plastic straw laws that went into the District of Columbia. And of course, they're going to have super secret inspectors doing surprise visits to restaurants and hitting them with massive fines if they find any plastic straws in Washington, D.C. What's behind all that? What's behind all the claims that, oh, look, uh, almost 45% of the cars being sold in Norway are electric? We're going to tell you about the carrot, about the stick. President Trump jumped into all of this stuff, taking on the Green New Deal, talking about how it's going to be used to destroy our lives. Yes, that's exactly. He's exactly right about that. And I'm very glad that he is opposing that. And I support him in his opposition to the Paris Climate Accord and all of this climate insanity. So we've got a fossil fools section coming up here as well. Uh, But before we get into that, let's just take a look at the news. You know, it didn't take Nike too long to jump on the bandwagon of these anti-American women's soccer team. So they championed the idea of equal rights, equal rights, and smashing a glass ceiling and so forth. Uh, Should we remind them? (laughs) yet again, that the USA women's soccer team was beaten 5-2 by under 15-year-old boys, and then they went on to beat the Russian team. So it wasn't like the U.S. women's soccer team was uh, really, really bad by world standards. They went on to beat the Russians after they were shellacked by under 15-year-old boys. And this is the fourth time the U.S. women's soccer team has won the World Cup. Do you remember times number one, time number two, time number three? Do you remember any of those? Were any of those talked about by the corporate press? No. Why? Well, because this time is different. This time, they've got a Colin Kaepernick figure who wants to take on President Trump, and it's all about that. All about that. Never paid attention. So the first three times, and the third time was as recent as 2015. So 2015, the U.S. women's soccer team wins the World Cup. No press coverage whatsoever. Who cares? I still don't care. (laughs) You probably still don't care. It's just uh, the way this is being spun by Nike and the corporate media. So nobody cares when they win the World Cup in 2015. 2017, again, they're beaten by under 15-year-old boys. They go on to beat the Russian team, however. And then two years later, they win it again for the fourth time. And now it's all over the news everywhere. Big deal. And so I tweeted out yesterday. I said, well, if if we're told that these silicon sensors, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Google, if they have, if they now own the Internet, the Internet is now their private property and they can do to you whatever they wish. These are the same people who say that a small baker in Colorado must do whatever anybody demands of him. But, you know, these big corporations, uh, you as uh, coming into that digital public square, their model is a public square. Their model is not a bakery. And these are the biggest corporations the world has ever seen, bigger than most countries in terms of the number of people in their public square, in terms of their political clout, in terms of their money, bigger than most of the countries on earth. And yet they can purge you out of their space, which they have said is a public square. But the little baker, he has to do whatever the gay marriage people or the transgender people say. You know, he, he's selling them off-the-shelf goods, no problem. But he says, I'm not going to custom bake something for you that violates my conscience. You're not going to come into a Jewish deli and tell me 
uh, that I've got – if I'm Jewish and tell me that I've got to bake a cake for Nazis, you're just picking a fight with me. And that's what these people were doing. They're not tolerant. They demand that you fall down on your knees and worship their agenda. But we're all told that we have to fall down on our knees and we have to worship Facebook and Twitter and Google. And that's their right because they've now won. They've conquered the world. They own the world. It's their private property, the Internet is. You might ask, as I've pointed out many times, how did they get that control? Were they helped by the U.S. government to get that kind of control? Yes, of course they were. And I've talked about that many times. I'm not going to go into that yet. But if they own that and they can censor you, this is the argument the left is using. They own that and they can censor you. The U.S. taxpayers are paying for the women's soccer team. Can we shut her up or just disband them if that's the way they're going to act? I'm sick of this. This is not a situation of a private NFL league and what they can or cannot do with Colin Kaepernick. This is a taxpayer-funded team, supposedly representing the U.S. They despise the U.S., so let's get rid of them. Who needs them anyway? Let's put together a team of under-15-year-old boys, call them the women's soccer team, and take the World Cup every year. (laughs) Uh, Female athletes who are complaining about transgender males dominating their sports are saying they're being retaliated against by the coach. Uh, This is in Connecticut. Uh, Boys are competing in the girls' track and field events in Connecticut at the direction of the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference. And they said um, uh, they're winning most of the time. So the girls are angry about this. But they are afraid to publicly object for fear of retaliation, according to Selena Soule, one of the female competitors. She and two of her unnamed female peers who are, I mean, think about the intimidation. Only one of these three girls has said, look, we're being dominated by these people. This is a fiction. This is not fair. We can't get scholarships anywhere. We're deprived of the opportunity to get a scholarship anywhere. We've worked very hard to get in physical shape, and yet we can't compete against the males. That's why you have male and female sports. But still, they're intimidated. They're afraid. Two of them who even want to join this lawsuit do it anonymously because they're afraid to put their names there. They know they're going to be retaliated against. Only one, good for you, Selena, is going to stand up and fight this. Uh, Two biologically male students, Andrea Yearwood and Terry Miller, have dominated the sport since they were allowed to compete against biological females. The two of them together have won as many women's state championship titles, that is 15, as did 10 girls, uh, real biological girls, uh, in 2016. And Julian Castro wants taxpayer-funded abortions for these guys. (laughs) We'll be right back. Stay with us. It's never been easy to figure out the essentials of a new supplement routine. That's why we created the 8-Pack Power Stack, your go-to option for the building blocks of a successful approach to supplementation. This one-stop shop for those looking to simplify or adjust their routine is perfect for new and old info warriors alike. With the 8-Pack Power Stack, there's no trial and error, messy bottles laying across the counter, or 20-minute morning habits. Just take the wake up and work or rest and recover packs each day for quick, easy to use and conveniently accessible formulas to help you reach your peak without the deep supplement knowledge, stacks of bottles and complicated routine. 
featuring eight different formulas for a total take on your health and wellness. You can find what you like and get even more powerful versions in the store. Head to InfoWarsStore.com and check out 8-Pack Power Snack today and jumpstart your supplement routine. I just want listeners to understand, money is what allows us to beat this and stand against this. And we're seeing a lot of orders right now with the Save InfoWars 50% off, but we make only like $5, $10 on higher marked up stuff. We're making like $2 on the toothpaste at that price. And we're moving a ton of it, okay? But you move a couple hundred thousand dollars or something and you get $20,000. That doesn't pay for all the infrastructure, the bandwidth, the lawyers, the crew. So we need to sell millions and millions and millions of dollars of product. I want to expand, not contract. And for six months, we've not just been at a standstill. The enemy's been winning. And I have labored and labored and labored and labored on this. I like to be expanding. I like to be winning. I like to be fighting. And we are winning the info war. That's why we're so hated. But we need to be retreaded. We need to be tuned up. We need to be fixed up. We never have time to get into dry dock. We got a lot of holes shot at us. And the enemy wants to silence us. Then they're really going to plant child porn on us. Then they're going to kill me or you or anybody else. I mean, the Democrats now are going into a full revolutionary fervor funded by foreign banks and the Chicom. So go to InfoWarsStore.com. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The David Knight Show. Actually, we're not looking for any lunatics. We've got plenty of them in the Democrat Party, and they're running for president. We're going to talk about Eric Swalwell, the first of dozens who will be failing. And then this is a contest, really, to find out who the biggest loser is, because the winner of this contest gets to lose to President Trump <laughs> and be the biggest loser of the Democrat Party. Who will be the next Jimmy Carter or Hillary Clinton. That is the contest, and it's a wonderful sight to see. So we're going to tell you how that's shaping up. They're actually going to have a lottery <laughs> before the next Democrat debate. Uh, Eric Swalwell, of course, has lost that lottery already. Uh, and as I tweet out, this really wasn't so much him quitting. Uh, you know, well, he quits. It's it's more like a uh, <laughs> tweeted out uh, on uh, Twitter, Libertarian. You can follow me there. I said uh, somebody uh, heard him mumbling, uh, "You can't fire me. I quit." To the American public, as he left the arena. Let's take a look at what Burgess Owens, a real athlete, he's not uh, one of these women soccer people, a real athlete, and uh, he's black. Of course, you may remember him from the NFL. I do remember him. Uh, I'm not somebody who follows sports too much, but I know Burgess. Owen's name. I heard it enough. Uh, he was uh, a very, very impressive player uh, when he played sports. But he's also been very outspoken about reparations. And he's been outspoken about how the Democrats have destroyed the black community that he knew as a child. He was talking about how, and I forget the statistics that he had, but it was overwhelming. It was like uh, 70% of uh, the black families were intact or, you know, more than 50, I forget the number of entrepreneurs that he was talking about, but it was very common to have an intact family. That was the rule. And it was very common to have a vibrant entrepreneurial economy, even within the black community. They got people who were successful, even if they stayed within their community. And yet the Democrats have destroyed all that. They've created a dependency. And so he comes out and says, you know who should pay the reparations to the black community? It should be the Democrats. And he's absolutely right. 
absolutely right. He said the Democrat Party, of course, is the one which uh, put in slavery, had the Ku Klux Klan, founded the Jim Crow laws. You know what? The Democrat Party has always been the party of racism. That has always been the tool for their political success, divide and conquer. The only thing that's changed now is they've just changed how they're racist because of changing demographics. They're jumping on the tide of changing demographics, and so now their whipping boy is white people instead of black people. And he's absolutely right about this. Burgess Owens, spot on. Saw this article about Starbucks. Uh, came out towards the end of the week. I was going to talk about it on Friday. You, know, you had Starbucks throughout about a half dozen Arizona police officers. Somebody in the store said, I, I feel threatened by these people. I w- they were twig- triggered with their microaggressions, uh, just seeing police officers there. And so they went over to the <laughs> store manager and said, I don't feel safe in here. I want you to get them out. And so the store manager went over and asked them to leave. <laughs> I was talking about this with my son. And he goes, oh, yeah, what did he say? Did he go over there and say, uh, leave or I'm going to call the – oh, wait. <laughs> you are the police, right? And so that went pretty viral. Uh, the police department there was upset about that, rightfully so. And now corporate – Starbucks has now apologized. Let me tell you something. Corporate Starbucks, even though they've got gazillion locations and even though they're open seven days a week, they got to be looking over their shoulder at Chick-fil-A. Uh, Chick-fil-A jumped from seventh place to third place, just behind Starbucks. And I'm thinking <laughs> that number two spot is looking pretty, pretty weak right now. Uh, it's uh, People like Chick-fil-A. Uh, They see that Chick-fil-A is being treated unfairly uh, by the transgender activists, uh, the anarchists, the Marxists who are trying to realter our society here. Uh, As a matter of fact, there was a parody article on the Babylon Bee (laughs) talking about some atheists who decided they were going to go into competition with Chick-fil-A. They called it (laughs) Chick-fil-Atheist. And uh, their initial business idea was that they would fill their restaurant with uh, anti-Christian atheist artwork and slogans all on the walls. But they said they had to tone it down because they realized that most of their customers on that one day, you know, they were going to be open on Sunday. That was going to help them take over Chick-fil-A. So they realized (laughs) that most of their customers were coming there after church. (laughs) So they had to shut that down, change their business model. And Starbucks is going to have to change their business model a little bit as well. You know, they've got the safe space there where you can camp out in their restrooms. They've got the needle exchange. So, you know, they welcome the drug addicts off the street to come in and shoot up. And just in case they don't have enough caffeine in their coffee, you can, you know, shoot up with your preferred stimulant. But they don't want the police in there. Maybe it was one of those people who felt threatened by the police. Maybe it was a, a, a drug user. Uh, and then there's Disneyland. Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. And yet, <laughs> there's a video of a family fighting in Disneyland. And they're going after each other. I mean, first, two of the guys, it's like, you know, a uh, family got some kids, uh, you know, male and a female, two different ones. So, you know, four adults. Well, I'll put adults in air quotes here. <laughs> uh, husband and wife and another husband and wife. And the two husbands are going after each other. 
And then one of the wives goes over and starts yelling at one of the guys. And he takes us. He pops her in the face. We don't have to show this because we'll get <laughs> we'll get taken off uh, the air because this is just too rough. And then the everybody starts going after each other. The women start going after the women, each other, and the men are going after the men. And it's like if this is what's happening at the happiest place on earth, what is it like in these people's homes? I don't know. And yet at Disneyland, uh, they've got the new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge that has opened up. And according to Arizona Central, a branch USA Today, uh, the crowds are not doing too well. Has Disney killed Star Wars? Well, uh, yeah. (laughs) At the box office, maybe even as an amusement park property because of their intersectional femininity, right? Feminism uh, everywhere and all the Disney properties. And I hesitate to think what it's like there. The site reported that for months, Disney prepared for large crowds, but those large crowds are not showing up. They did things like widening and redesigning paths to make them more accessible. They said the crowds have been lighter than anticipated. Uh, It opened up on June the 24th. They said the virtual queue created to handle high demand has been triggered only a handful of times. The park has been open with no limits, allowing guests to come and go as they please, meaning it's not busy. And they said the demand for the Millennium Falcon is far shorter than the two- to three-hour wait for the Radiator Springs Racers ride when it opened in Cars Land in California Adventure 2012. Uh, Yeah, cars. People like cars. I don't know if people like the Millennium Falcon anymore after these last few Disney movies. And, of course, they talk about how uh, they have been driving the box office franchise into the ground. Yeah, it's just gone. You know, the Millennium Falcon's just gone right into that asteroid. With intersectional feminism. And um, it's absolutely made. You know, when I grew up in uh, Tampa, we weren't too far from Disney World when it opened up. In the early days, they didn't have a real expensive ticket to get you in. I mean, you just paid, you bought the uh, tickets if you wanted to ride a ride. But you could just go in and walk around the park at any time. I uh, just paid for parking. It was great. Uh, I can't stand the crowds. I will not be going there one way or the other. We'll be right back. Stay with us. We will always be the people who defeated a tyrant, crossed the continent, harnessed science, took to the skies, and soared into the heavens. Because we will never forget that we are Americans and the future belongs to us. The future belongs to the brave, the strong, the proud, and the free. We are one people chasing one dream and one magnificent destiny. We all share the same heroes, the same home, the same heart, and we are all made by the same almighty God. Infowars.com, tomorrow's news today. Full power of the Republic in the name of Jesus Christ. Full power! Damn the torpedoes, go straight at them. You're listening to The David Knight Show. Liberty, it's your move. And now, The David Knight Show. 
Welcome back. I want to talk a little bit more about Disney because, you know, what happens in Hollywood is changing the world. We underestimate how much power they have to reorganize society. And, of course, Disney has become very politically active. Uh, They're coming up with their uh, Disney Plus service, which is going to be a a TV channel that you can subscribe to. And they're going to open up their vault on Disney Plus, but they're going to have some exceptions of things that they no longer agree with that Disney, Walt Disney himself, did. Uh, I'd be very surprised if they have, for example, Johnny Tremaine. It's just too racist. You know, it's all that Betsy Ross stuff and Sons of Liberty. You can't have that on Disney Plus. Uh, We don't embrace those values anymore, but they definitely aren't going to have Song of the South. Because that, of course, is racist, according to them. Song of the South, we used to have that in our video stores 40 years ago. We had to get it on Japanese Laserdisc. Uh, It's kind of funny. Every time they uh, broke into song, you would see uh, Japanese subtitles everywhere with it. Uh, But anyway, um, (laughs) they would be hardwired onto the Laserdisc. But actually, I thought it was a charming story. I didn't see it as racist as all. As a matter of fact, it's not just Uncle Remus stories that were enshrined in Song of the South. I mean, we've had, look at Aesop's fables. Aesop was a slave. Isn't it interesting that two of the most popular of all the folk tales, yeah, you know, we've had, um, we've had some European uh, folk stories and, and things like that that were done, but Uh, Aesop's fables, as well as the Uncle Remus stories, have really struck a chord over time. And they were stories from two slaves. Why? Why? Because sometimes the people who are at the lowest stations of life have the most humanity and wisdom, and we can learn the most from them. Did you ever think about that? It's not always the why. It's not that the people who are the richest, the people who are in power, are not always the wisest people. And they certainly don't usually have a regard for other people's humanity. Uh, not having money, not having power, being a slave uh, can uh, make people wise. And it certainly made Uncle Remus, made Aesop uh, wise. Uh, but I guess, you know, we're going to throw all that. Uh, you know, throw that in the briar patch. You know, don't throw me in the briar patch. I guess the next thing that'll be out will be the little rascals because we can't see black and white kids playing together. I, what they're doing is absolutely dangerous. All those parents, where are the parents throughout all the little rascals episodes? Why isn't CPS rounding up these kids when they see them going down the street in their homemade, uh, you know, contraption? <laughs> I mean, it's a, the crazy stuff that they got into, and the parents are never around. Uh, that's what I always aspired to as a kid was what the little rascals were doing. But, you know, they still like the song zippity doo Da" and so forth. They play that everywhere at Disney, but they won't have the song of the South there. And again, you've got some white kids looking up to the wisdom of Uncle Remus, but they say uh, that is racist. They won't allow that in there. Uh, we've also got Disney saying that they're going to demand uh, some, some four-year-old child uh, who died. They uh, put a Spider-Man uh, statue on the top of his tombstone. Disney found out about it and said, get that off. We now own Marvel. They own everything, right? They now own the Star Wars franchise. They own Marvel. They're buying everything. That is the business model. These people want to own the world. You know, you got Warner 
owns Happy Birthday. You can't sing Happy Birthday or they file a copyright suit against you if you don't pay them. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing that the model of these big corporations is to own everything. That's why you need to look at these silicon sensors, the social media companies that are antisocial, the massive search engine that is now working to hide everything that you have. Uh, these people want to own everything, including you. They want to control your speech, what you see and hear. That's why this whole thing about the digital copyright stuff is so dangerous because it fits both of those things. It is a tool of social control, a tool of controlling free speech, and it is a tool of asserting their ownership over everything. Forever, they keep extending these copyright laws. I remember when we had the video business, there was a story about a, a daycare center that drew on the wall some pictures of some Disney characters at the time. This is back in the 90s. And Disney sent their lawyers out, told them, you get that stuff off, and made a big deal out of it. It made the papers. And the Hanna-Barbera studios saw it. And they said, tell you what, we'll send our studio artists over, and we will paint over the Disney stuff. (laughs) We'll have our professional artists do it. And they did that. They did that. That is not uh, Disney after Walt Disney. Uh, That's Disney after Eisner and these other guys. Uh, who have now taken over. And, you know, they just did a movie about the life of J.R.R. Tolkien, Disney did. And I thought it was interesting because the influences of Christianity in his life, which were very big, they completely took that out of his life story. And if you go back and look at the letters between J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, who were close friends, and they wrote letters back and forth. These letters were published in the 1980s. J.R.R. Tolkien uh, said he didn't want to have any future dealings with Disney. He says, for whom I have a heartfelt loathing. And that was Walt Disney. He didn't like Walt Disney because he didn't like what he had done with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Uh, He thought he had uh, done, I guess you could call it today, we'd call it cultural misappropriation. He didn't like the fact that Walt Disney had uh, made a cartoon silly song out of it. Uh, he took it very seriously, as you can see in his works, right? Uh, that uh, European mythology, he thought it had been trivialized by that. He said it might be advisable, rather than lose the American interest, he wrote to C.S. Lewis, Tolkien did, to let the Americans do what seems good to them as long as it is possible. I should like to add that I would veto anything from or influenced by the Disney Studios, for whose works I have a heartfelt loathing. (laughs) He didn't want to see his work tarnished uh, by Walt Disney because he thought it would be trivialized. And, uh, of course, they were, uh, as I said, very close friends as these uh, letters came out. Uh, They were saying, well, I recognize Disney's talent, but it always has seemed to me hopelessly corrupted. Though in most of the pictures proceedings from the studios, there's an admirable or charming passage The effect of all of them is, to me, disgusting. Some have given me nausea. (laughs) He said, uh, the use of his shadows, of dwarves, and of vultures was real genius, however. Uh, But he said that, um, uh, you know, his book, his first book, by the way, to give it some context, his first book, The Hobbit, was released in the UK September 1937, just a couple of months before Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs uh, hit the uh, U.S. theaters. And so he was saying, um, I I don't like this. You know, his, his dwarf was uh, a very serious 
thing that was born out of Nordic mythology. And uh, he also, years later in 1964, he was uh, uh, wrote a letter to uh, the woman who'd written Mary Poppins saying he really hated the treatment of Mary Poppins by Walt Disney. But I guess the, the real thing that brings all this up is the fact that Disney then does a live film of this guy who didn't want any of his fictional work touched by Disney. They do a life film about him where they trivialize and uh, essentially eradicate his uh, Christian faith. As uh, PJ Media pointed out, the film neglected his faith, which inspired his entire life. The movie also cuts out the literary works that inspired his imagination. Lord of the Rings was heavily influenced not just by Western literary tradition, but by Christianity and by Jesus in particular. As a matter of fact, you know, C.S. Lewis would talk about the fact that he loved mythology. He said Christianity is the greatest myth, the greatest mythology. In other words, a great story. What C.S. Lewis said was he said uh, the difference, of course, between Christianity and these other epic stories, the mythology of it, he says it's based on a true story. And that makes it even more epic. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Barnes, what has big tech become? Uh, big tech are big babies that have become big bullies, and the way they did so is because they faced no consequence, social, economic, political, or legal, for their illicit activities over two decades. And because of that, that's why the courts, the judges, the juries, the members of the independent free press that care about this, the ordinary members of the public and the audience that care about this, have to bring real social, political, economic consequence to their course of conduct. Otherwise, they will never change, and they will become the big tech oligarchs, the equivalent to the big trust of the 19th century, who ran American politics and ran American economy. Almost into the ground until we were able to recover after the Great Depression. The InfoWars audience is the fuel that flames the, the, the light of liberty across the world to make real the actions of independent free speech, to make real the original promise of an independent free press. Real collusion is big tech and big media manipulating and working with each other to try to meddle with elections, to try to shake people's thoughts. And then the ideas. whopper of telling us the whole time it's not happening. It's the ultimate form of gaslighting. What you just saw isn't what you just saw, even it is what, what you just saw. <laughs> As we witness the most disastrous geological activity in recorded history, the globalists are backed into a corner and the leftists are pushing for civil war. Borders are being broken and sovereignty is being challenged. The world is going to change and how it changes will likely be decided by those who are prepared to stay strong when the system fails. The system is vulnerable. Electricity could be gone in an instant and grocery stores could be empty in three days. Having storable foods and the ability to purify water will give you a fighting chance in the next level. And being without puts you at the mercy of others or makes you a slave to a dying system. Buy storable foods and an Alexa Pure Gravity water filter today. Support mankind by being prepared and support freedom by buying from InfoWarsStore.com. The Internet's home for Motown, soul, and great rock and roll. SkyPilotRadio.com This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The David Knight Show.
Welcome back. I got one more thing to say about the Disney film about Tolkien and others and how they are destroying not only Star Wars and the Marvel Universe, uh, but of course they their real objective is to destroy Christianity, the basis of our foundation and culture. And as people were looking at this movie that came out about J.R.R. Tolkien that was done by uh, the Disney Studios, one of their subsidiaries, and how it completely purged all Christianity from his life when that was the most important influence in his life. I mean, they did have a scene in there where he uh, is taken in by a priest. And uh, yet, you know, they, he was orphaned as a teenager and the priest had a big effect on his life. And yet that was the only thing there. It's just this kind of human relationship. But there's not anything any deeper. It's so incredibly shallow. Again, as uh, PJ Media pointed out, uh, talking to an expert, an associate professor of history at King's College in New York City, uh, author of a book about J.R.R. Tolkien, he said, many will learn for the first time about his experiences in the trenches of the First World War, about the vital circle of friendships he made before the war, about his passion for languages, and about his love for the woman who inspired him and who would become his wife. But serious Tolkien fans will wonder why the film offers no hint of another vital influence in his life. That would be his friendship with Christian author and apologist C.S. Lewis. Uh, They wanted to uh, explore the things that had affected him, and when you see the film, you'll see that, you know, as he's uh, in the trenches and he sees the tanks going over the trenches, uh, spouting fire out of the uh, turrets, uh, you know, then he envisions a fire-breathing dragon and that type of thing, so... Uh, yeah, I'm sure that that had an effect on him, but uh, so did these other aspects that were cut out of his life. He went on to say as a student at King Edward's School in Birmingham, later at Oxford, he was immersed in works such as the Enid, La Morte de Arthur, the King Arthur story, and Beowulf. These are stories of the noble quest, the tragic hero who answers the righteous call on his life, who acts with courage, who performs his duty. These are not values that Disney is going to promote, or Hollywood in general. It's follow your dream. Follow your dream. You know, do what's fun. No, no, no. You're not going to act with courage regardless of the chances of success. The triumph of multiculturalism, he said, has mostly marginalized all of these works from the Academy, along with the ideals and the virtues that they embody. And, of course, uh, this is not the first time that Disney has taken something that had a lot of Christian influence in it. Just take a look at A Wrinkle in Time. There were a lot of Bible quotes in the original book, uh, but, of course, they Oprah-fied it. <laughs> had Oprah Winfrey in it, and they turned it into you know, kind of a you know, pagan interpretation of that book. I haven't read that book. I, I don't know. But it did have a, lot, have a lot of biblical quotes in it, which they, of course, would expunge, being Disney. They said, uh, it's clearly less powerful with the Christianity removed, just like the Tolkien story. I guess you'll have to wait for Pure Flix to do the real J.R.R. Tolkien life story. You're not going to get it from Disney. You're not going to get it from these Hollywood uh, studios. And we're going to talk about the kind of America that these people have created when we talk about Jeffrey Epstein uh, coming up in the next hour. Before we do, real quickly, and before we go on to uh, celebrate the departure of Eric Swalwell. 
I just want to remind you of the 4th of July sales that we still have going at InfoWarsStore.com. Very important for your support, and we want to try to make this as win-win uh, for both of us as possible. So we have cut prices on all InfoWars Life products at InfoWarsStore.com by 50%, free shipping store-wide, and double the Patriot points. We also have a lot of uh, great T-shirts and other apparel there, and uh, we have the a new design. Actually, we've got four designs that center around the revolutionary war flag, the Betsy Ross flag, that was the center of controversy this 4th of July. Uh, but, of course, we always get caught up in those types of issues. And it's important to recognize and to not allow our history to be inverted, subverted, and erased. we got to have that fight, and, and you can do that with this apparel. But I also want to make sure that some year we have a discussion on the 4th of July about what it was really about. And it was about individual liberty. And it was about not being the slave of a empire. And they don't want you to have that discussion. That's why they always manufacture these other crises along the side. They, don't, they want to get you fighting with each other over slavery that happened centuries ago. They don't want you looking at the slavery that is happening right now. Right now. And I'll just mention briefly before I get into Eric Swalwell. This article that came out on KUT here locally in Austin. Texas ranks third for the number of stem cell clinics, but that might not be a good thing, they said. Oh, that's bad. Why? Because the FDA and big pharmaceutical companies say so. They said Austin is a hotspot for clinics marketing stem cell treatments directly to consumers. Uh, 100 of the 716 clinics in the U.S. Uh, that promote this are located in this area. So we've got to shut that down because that's a big problem for big pharmaceutical products, right? Uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration goes on, say, KUT, has been cracking down on companies making unsubstantiated claims about the potential for stem cell products to prevent, treat, or cure serious disease, they said. Clinics across the country are falsely claiming their products don't fall under the agency's regulatory provisions for drugs and biological products. Well, they don't. They are biologics. That's your own stem cells. First of all, there is no constitutional authority for the FDA to tell us what food and drugs we can have. We have local governments that can make sure that clinics and restaurants are operating in sanitary conditions. That's why we have inspectors at the local uh, level. We don't need the federal government to tell us broad categories of things like CBD that we can't have, things like our own stem cells from our own bodies are they going to demand, uh, like I've said many times before, that people like Joe Biden can't do hair transplants? I mean, you've got local officials in the state that are going to regulate the places that do hair transplants to make sure that they're safe and effective. And the liberals love that unless you do it to an abortion clinic. Oh, don't go to an abortion clinic and say, uh, is this place sanitary? You got anybody here with any medical training? Do they have, since you're doing fairly major operation here? Do they have uh, admittance uh, to a local hospital? Can the emergency facility get through the hallways and the door? Don't ask any of those questions when it comes to abortion clinics, but because you know, it's my body, my choice. But if it's your cells, it's not your choice. And I'm telling you, it's because they're so effective that the FDA wants to stop this. They said, these actors 
are taking advantage of patients. They are delaying treatment in many times, uh, not using legitimate, scientifically sound treatment, or worse, they're posing harm to patients. Well, look, possibly death, they say. Uh, infection or death. Look, you can get an infection at an abortion clinic. You can die at an abortion clinic. They don't care. The FDA doesn't care. But there is no authority for Washington to sit there and tell us broad categories of food and medicine that we're not allowed to have. That's the responsibility of local government to police things and make sure that they're sanitary and that they fall under good practices. That should not be. There's no authority in the Constitution given to the federal government under the Ninth and Tenth Amendment. They don't have it. And now they've extended that authority. They keep giving themselves more and more authority while they give these people a pass on so many different issues. Pharmaceutical drugs, for example. You want to talk about possible death? Let's talk about the things that are approved by the FDA. You know, did uh, they have a problem with opioids? Mm, no, not so much. They want to mandate vaccines, as a matter of fact. That's your FDA. And we talk about pharmaceutical drugs. Uh, an article, 2013, Institutional Corruption of Pharmaceuticals, The Myth of Safe and Effective Drugs. In that paper, they went through and said, look, we're having 2,460 people a week, a week, about 2,500 people a week dying from FDA-approved drugs. Uh, that did not happen with stem cells. Nothing about that. Safe and effective, just like CBD. Lock up people who use CBD. Shut down the clinics that are providing something safe and effective because we've got to get people on these dangerous pharmaceutical drugs. 2,500 people a week. Go back to 1998. The Journal of the American Medical Association, JAMA, said, yeah, we've probably got about 106,000 people a year dying from prescription drugs that are approved by the FDA. And that's the whole point. The FDA gives legal cover to these people, just like the government gave complete legal cover to anybody that is harmed or killed by vaccines. You can't even sue these people in court. And yet you've got the corporate media shills for big government, big business. Our powerful line of fluoride-free products is the perfect gift for yourself or others who are exploring a healthier, happier lifestyle. With options ranging from toothpaste to oral spray, it's easy to find the perfect option for you. Super Blue Toothpaste is the fan-favorite, fluoride-free toothpaste that every InfoWarrior loves. Powered by iodine and nano-silver, it's designed to deliver a powerful clean while supporting good oral health and fresh breath. Available in two refreshing flavors. Enjoy a minty fresh flavor made with peppermint oil or try our bubblegum flavor. Super Blue Immune Gargle is the only option for on-the-go immune system support like no other. With the scientifically proven patented ingredient Silver Soul in three different sizes, you can take it wherever you go. Support good oral health with our one-of-a-kind Super Blue products. Don't miss out on revolutionizing your morning routine. Head to InfoWarsStore.com and get our line of Super Blue products today. Using free speech to free minds. It's the David Knight Show.
Welcome back. Let's talk about the exit of Eric Swalwell. Who would have thought he'd be the first person to leave? Well, actually, it was kind of predictable because he had an issue. It was a bad issue, but it was an issue that he built his campaign around. Everybody else built their campaign around their identity. You know, even the people who were white males, like Robert Francis O'Rourke, pretended that they were something else. He pretends he's Hispanic. He's a trans-Hispanic. Eric Swalwell didn't see it coming. <laughs> it's like, dude, you can't win in the Democrat Party unless you got a gimmick. I and mean, it's like going back to Gypsy, the musical, right? You got to have a gimmick <laughs> if you want to get an audience, if you want to uh, get applause, right? You got to have a gimmick if you want applause. So, you know, uh, we strip these people from their identity politics and they've got nothing. They're laid bare naked out there and these emperors have no clothes. And so that's exactly what has happened with Eric Swalwell. And, of course, he got out just in time because he wasn't going to make the next debate. Wasn't going to happen. I don't think de Blasio is going to make the next debate. <laughs> He's out there pandering to people. I promise I'll give you free kindergarten. How about that? You know, he's just uh, digging deep, trying to come up with free stuff to throw at people to make sure that he can get up from 0% to get into the next debate. And the alignment uh, for the next debate is going to be held with a lottery. Now, they said that the first one was held with a lottery, but they weren't happy about that. Uh, you know, we, we they said, oh, look, you've got all the major candidates happened on the second night of the debate. And the only major candidate was Elizabeth Warren, who was on the first night of the debate. And perhaps, you know, that was deliberate. They, maybe they, some of the people at the DNC wanted to push her forward. Who knows? A lot of people were suspicious about that. So this next lottery to determine how they're going to break up this mob, this group of <laughs> criminally insane that have just escaped the Arkham Asylum. I, they keep talking about asylum, asylum. I think it's the one they just escaped from. They're going to have to figure out how they're going to break these two people up into two different nights. So they're going to televise the lottery this time so that you can really trust them. Well, I don't know. I've seen David Copperfield do tricks on television too. <laughs> I think they can do whatever they want. They can rig this thing however they wish. But as I tweeted out, finally, after two long months, Eric Swalwell was gone. It was a long time to suffer with that guy and the idea that by some uh, misfortune he could become president. That that was something to live with for a long time. You know, this is the guy who took on Joe Biggs on Twitter. You know, and he says, well, we've got to have gun confiscation like they did in New Zealand and Australia. And... Big said, well, you try that, you're going to start a civil war. And he goes, well, we got nuclear weapons and they're legit. Well, evidently you're not legit, Eric. Uh, he wasn't going to make the cut for the next debate, but we still got another two dozen Democrat socialists to go. He was essentially nuked by public opinion. You know, the House, the Democrat-controlled House, by the way, Eric, you, you, you can't even win on that issue. The Democrat-controlled House just said we're going to allow – uh, we're going to have the different states respect concealed carry permits uh, from people who are not part of their state because you've had states like New Jersey hassling and imprisoning uh, people who have gone through all of the hoops to turn a God-given right of carrying a gun, to turn that into a privilege. And you got the people who are good law-abiding citizens to the extent that they'll recognize that even as a government-granted privilege, and they'll jump through all the hoops and do all of the paperwork and everything. And even those people would be hassled in New Jersey and other places like that. So the 
U.S. Congress, controlled of the majority of Democrats, said we're going to respect concealed carry permits from state to state. So much for that. But uh, actually, gun control is not happening in New Zealand. we got to take a break, and I'm going to tell you what has happened in New Zealand. You will not believe how they have ignored it, uh, just like the American public has ignored Eric Swalwell. We'll be right back. Stay with us. is a revolutionary act. And now, The David Knight Show. Welcome back. Let's take a look at how New Zealand is not complying with gun control there. Because that was going to be the model for Eric Swalwell's campaign for president. Is going to do full-on gun prohibition and confiscation. And, of course, you've got other uh, non-playable candidates, NPCs, like Beta Male, O'Rourke, and others who have parroted that idea. Uh, look, the war on drugs hasn't worked. And if you've got somebody like Eric Swalwell who thinks that he can confiscate guns, he's going to negate his authority to even be in government, right? He's going to gate his authority to even be in government. And uh, the same way that Jeff Sessions, this uh, reefer madness drug control warrior, uh, realized that he was going to completely negate the entire war on drugs if he got into a fight with more than two-thirds of the U.S. states that have legalized marijuana for medical use. Uh, now you've got, uh, what is it now, 17, 18 different states that have uh, legalized it for recreational use. You want to have that fight, federal government? We're going to expose the fact that you've got no clothes. You've got no authority. The only reason that you have a federal office is because you swore to uphold the Constitution. And it's not just federal offices. You know, Part of the Constitution says all the officers at the state level uh, will also swear to uphold the Constitution. These people who violate the Constitution have no authority, have no authority whatsoever. And so, yeah, you go ahead and do that. You go ahead and try to overturn our nullification of your unconstitutional war on drugs. And that's the most important thing about this fight on marijuana, to show how we can pull back the federal overreach that is intruded in so many different areas of our lives. Do that peacefully. By having our legislatures say you don't have that authority. There you go, reefer madness. Uh, you don't have that authority or have uh, the people in a referendum directly say, no, you don't have that authority. And that needs to be done with many other issues. Uh, you know, when you look at Alabama and the abortion issue, they said, well, we're going to challenge Roe v. Wade. And the right way to do that, and I was very disappointed when I saw Congressman uh, Mo Brooks 
said, yeah, we, we've got to have this discussion. The Roe v. Wade is wrong, and so we've completely shut this down. We've created a law like the one that was in effect at Texas at the time that the Supreme Court put in Roe v. Wade, and we're going to challenge that. But then they said, we're going to challenge it by sending it to the Supreme Court again. No, that's not the way you challenge it. You challenge it the same way we challenged the DEA and the unconstitutional war on drugs, which is a U.N. agenda. We challenged it by saying at the local level we passed a referendum and said we're not going to do that here. And, you know, when you had gay marriage, something, again, that the Supreme Court has no authority to determine or to define what marriage is, one way or the other. You'd already had referenda throughout the United States. As a matter of fact, in California, you had the uh, gay marriage amendment lose there, lose in California, even with millions of dollars put in by Tim Cook and Apple. It's still lost in California. It lost in Alabama. You had state constitutions that had definitions of marriage. And the federal government said, no, we're going to define it. And they should have all said, you don't have the authority in the same way that they did with marijuana. There was even more support for traditional marriage than there was for uh, the medical use or even the recreational use of marijuana. There was far more public support for that. And our state officials failed us on that issue. The only one that didn't was Roy Moore. And look what the Republicans did to him. This fake Me Too stuff. He was the only one who stood up and said, the state constitution says this, the state law says this, the federal government has no jurisdiction in this area, according to the constitution. End of story. That's what everybody should have done. We only had one government official in the entire country who had the guts to stand up and say what the law truly is, where the lines of authority are drawn. And look at what they did to him. This is why I'm worried about the uh, census question, because it really is a case. Uh, The question is not even about citizenship. It's a question of authority. We're going to get to that later in the program. But let's go back to Eric Swalwell. We talked about how he had to drop out. What is happening in New Zealand? Well, as of last week, in a country where they have an estimated one and a half million guns, 700 of them had been turned in. (laughs) No, I'm just uh, on top of my head. I think that, if my math is correct, I think that is 0.05%. You know, five one-hundredths of a percent of the people complied with that. And uh, so it's not doing too well. Not doing too well. They're just ignoring it. And as Reason Magazine points out, once again, responding to a horrendous crime by inflicting knee-jerk authoritarian restrictions on innocent people. It proves to be an ineffective means of convincing people to obey. New Zealand not only passed gun uh, confiscation laws, they also stepped up their censorship. You know, we've had uh, at least one person go to jail for posting videos or comments made by the killer. Uh, That's how authoritarian the New Zealand government got after that. Not doing too well, though, because, you know, that information is going to get out. It's been published worldwide already. Uh, but they can hammer their citizens. And so only 700 out of 1.5 million guns have been turned in. How did Australia do? Because, you know, Australia had their famous ex- experience, uh, experiment, I guess you could call it, back in the 1990s, 1996 to 97. They outlawed all guns. Turn them in. We're going to crush them. Had all these photos of them crushing guns and so forth. Well, they estimated then in Australia only about 20% of the banned self-loading rifles have been given up. 
And this was a 2016 report that said many members of the community still possess gray market firearms because they did not surrender these during the gun buyback program. The Australian Criminal Intelligence Commission conservatively estimates that there are more than 260,000 firearms still there illicitly. And immediately after New Zealand said we're going to ban all these guns, I reported at the time how some local gang members went public with it. (laughs) These are guys with gang tattoos and everything. It's like, uh, we're not going to give up our weapons, they said. Will gangs get rid of their weapons? No, said one gang member, telling the New Zealand press. Because of who we are, we can't guarantee our own safety. Uh, That's true whether you're a gang member or not. As a matter of fact, uh, even if you know if you're not a gang member, uh, you're going to be at the mercy of the federales or the gangs. You know, which is like the Magnificent Seven, right? What was the story behind that? Magne- of course, it was based on Seven Samurai. Same idea. You know, you have some people who have weapons, whether it's a sword or whether it's a firearm. Uh, those people are at the mercy, or other people are at the mercy of those people. And the peons in Mexico, the farmers. We're tired of being bullied by the federales who are bought off by the banditos who come around, the gang members who come around and bullying them. So they went north. They hired seven guys, gunfighters, to come down, not just to fight for them, but the important thing about that movie is they, they wanted them to come down and train them how to use firearms. Uh, give us firearms, show us how to use them so we can defend our homes, our family. And that was a key part of that movie. It wasn't just the Magnificent Seven. It was the local village taking it on themselves to fight against these gang members. So, yeah, if, you, if you're a gang member, yeah, you're going to turn in your guns when the other gangs don't have them. <laughs> uh, if you are a peon, you're going to turn in your guns and let only the gang members and the federales have them? No. No. Absolutely not. And, of course, here in the United States, it would be unconstitutional. And... Uh, It would kind of go the same way as drug prohibition has. If you want to see something get incredibly dangerous, just prohibit it. We saw it with alcohol. We've seen more intense forms of drugs created by these black market monopolies of organized crime. You want to see organized crime flourish? You want to see the police departments corrupted? You want to see the courts corrupted? You want to see people enslaved? Just create prohibition. The second American revolution is happening now. It's worldwide against the globalist. The American system versus the anti-human, anti-God world government. Ladies and gentlemen, any war to be successful needs funding, and we make it easy. That's why we're launching our biggest sale yet, 1776 Worldwide. Bigger than our Christmas specials. 75% off is the best deals with a lot of our best-selling items at that price, down to 25% off. And on top of it, we have a dozen items, including all apparel, for $17.76. So stock up and fund the Info War today in the $17.76 Worldwide Special, exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. I thank you for your support. The globalists hope you don't. Whatever you do, choose what side you're on and take action.
It's not only that you have a unique voice in the public arena and the public square. The other thing that's unique about InfoWars is, is it is the only network of this reach that is not backed by a corporate donor or corporate sugar daddy, that's not backed by some billionaire, that's not being funded by secret foreign government. It is completely independent of all that. It is an old school American 1776 style experiment in the expression of the freedom of press and freedom of speech that in fact the founders were so concerned with at the beginning of the country they actually tried to support and subsidize organizations just like this because this was the kind of press they wanted and then ultimately we now live in an era where they've mostly been co-opted by big corporations or billionaire sugar daddies who've been able to control and manipulate what news and views the person is allowed to have or express or hear and the InfoWars audience has broken through that the, uh, the, they are the bridge from the founding to the modern age, ultimate American democracy and freedom. And that's why there's been an unprecedented onslaught of deplatforming, defamation, lawfare, and libel targeting you. You're listening to The David Knight Show. Welcome back. Let's talk about the census question because a lot of people are confused about what's going on. You had the Justice Department come out after the Supreme Court said, well, we don't like the reasons you gave us for this and we're going to send it back to a lower court or whatever. And they said, well, that's it. We're going to start printing the forms. And evidently, from what some people have said, they've already started printing the forms. And then a day or two later, President Trump came out and said, no, it's fake news. We're going to ask that question. We're going to do whatever we need to do. And he said, I might issue an executive order. And, of course, he's also there's been some reshuffling of people who are involved in this at the Justice Department. And uh, so he looks like he's still pushing on this. And so it's going to be a very interesting uh, question. And, and the question itself is, is very important, very important, because as the federal judges who struck this down in New York and California, I think, well, there was one in California. I think there was another one in New York. But the one in California said, look, this is going to cost California political power, and it's going to cost California federal money. It is a vital issue. And the issue is whether or not California should get more money and more political power for being a sanctuary state. Are they going to get political power from inviting people into their state and say, come here, you can live at our expense. Oh, I mean at the expense of taxpayers across the United States. You can live here. But if you're living here, we get to use you to amplify our political power, to amplify our representation in Congress, to amplify our representation in the Electoral College. No. No, absolutely not. But, of course, now this becomes a question of racism, according to Nancy Pelosi. She came out today and said, America, uh, President Trump is trying to make America white again. Let's play video clip number eight. But it all comes back to elections because elections have ramifications and that's why they don't want to allocate the resources that's why they want to ignore uh the foreign um assault on our elections that's why they want to oh, suppress oh, pause the it vote. right here pause it right here elections have consequences unless you lose and if you lose and you, you feel free to invent any kind of fiction you want if you're a democrat to try to overturn the election that you lost they've lost over a thousand offices 
since Obama uh, became president. And, of course, uh, talk about foreign influence on elections, but you beg foreign citizens to come live here and vote here, and you have the audacity to talk about foreign influence on our elections when that's precisely what you're trying to set up here? You're trying to bring people in as your captive dependents, your slaves, your welfare dependents, so they'll vote for you for more free stuff. And you have the audacity to talk about foreign influence. I don't see any Russians moving here, Nancy, for the welfare uh, so that they can rig our elections. Let's go ahead and continue with what she has to say because she goes, wait for this. I mean, she goes right there. She plays a race card here. Here's Nancy Pelosi. That's why uh, they want to gerrymander the districts because they want to be sure that just their people vote and not the general population. And that's why they're fighting the census. And that's another place where you'll probably see a contempt action on the part of the House of Representatives on the Trump administration to bury the census, who we are as a people, who we are as a people. They want to uh, suppress the American people, the citizens. Only be certain people counted, people who will vote. Only citizens should be voting. So again, the Times have found us to save our democracy (laughs) in every possible way. The Supreme Court did not rule in their favor because they said the administration did not give sufficient evidence as to why the uh, census uh, citizenship question should be there. So they kicked the can. And then yeah, we'll talk the administration about said, okay, we won't put it on there. And then the president injected himself into this. But this is about keeping, you know, make America, you know, this hat, make America white again. They want to make sure that people, certain people, are counted. It's, it's really disgraceful. And it's not what our founders had in mind. And it's not what, how we can decide who we are as a people. Yeah, exactly what Burgess said earlier. He said, uh, if there's any reparations that need to be paid, they need to be paid by the Democrat Party. And as I said, they've always been the party of racism. They have always found Racism, going into the group that they feel is a demographic majority. We ought to call them the demographic party. They don't have anything to do with democracy. Don't talk to me about democracy when you want foreign citizens who are criminally trespassing to vote in our elections. It's absolutely amazing. They just want their people to vote, she said. Yeah, American citizens are our people. Uh, And not the general population of a sanctuary state. Yeah, that's exactly what we want, Nancy. Uh, you uh, spun that there. But uh, President Trump, again, as we look at what, what do the American citizens want? The majority of Americans want the citizenship question included on the 2020 census. A uh, poll from The Economist and YouGov, they asked, uh, do you think the federal government should or should not ask people whether they are American citizens as part of the 2020 census? of the people said you should ask the citizenship question. Only 32% said no. Another 14% said census? What's that? (laughs) But it is the winning position here. Even CNN says 6 out of 10 swing voters don't want health care for foreign citizens who are criminally trespassing. And... um, Latest poll by CNN reveals that 59% of all Americans oppose giving free health care to illegal aliens in the country. We're going to call it Mexicare instead of Medicare. 
Uh, 63% of those in swing states, 88% of Republican voters. And yet this is the position that all of the uh, candidates in that last debate, they were asked point blank, do you support free health care for foreigners criminally trespassing here in the United States? And all 10 of them raised their hands. And they had the New York Post take that picture of them all with their hands up. Who wants to lose an election? If you are going to take the position that is opposed by 60% of the people, especially in swing states, not even the majority of Democrats want that, and that is their universal position. Uh, President Trump had a comment about this. Uh, He said, uh, the new reports about the Department of Commerce dropping its quest to put the citizenship question on the census is incorrect, as I said last July 3rd. Here's what he had to say. Play video clip number four. We're thinking about doing that. It's one of the ways. We have four or five ways we can do it. It's one of the ways that we're thinking about doing it very seriously. We're doing well on the census. Are you going to have a over his No, he made a statement. He wrote something out. The judge didn't like it. I have a lot of respect for Justice Roberts, but he didn't like it. But he did say, come back. Essentially, he said, come back. That's what he was saying. So we'll see what happens. We can also add an addition on so we can start the printing now and maybe do an addendum after we get a positive decision. So we're working on a lot of things, including an executive order. All right. I'm glad President Trump is working on that. And he says he has a lot of respect for Justice Roberts. President Trump, he doesn't deserve your respect. He doesn't deserve your obedience. You are a co-equal branch. You are not under the federal judiciary or Judge Roberts. We'll be right back. Stay with us. InfoWars, the most banned network in the world. So the InfoWars model is a self-fulfilling, self-supporting structure that is promoting free press and free speech by people getting together and supporting one another and sustaining one another. It is the only independent press of this size and scale, of this public reach. It is the one model that says, here's a way to have a self-supporting, self-sustaining, self-structured, little d-democratic structure that because the audience determines what content goes up, the audience determines what audience is ultimately reached by their choices in supporting InfoWars. And it's all because the audience spends their whatever it is, whether it's $5 or $50 a month on products that they like and that they want that actually compete with the corporate-driven model. And the ability to do that and at the same time support press, support speech, support letting the audience choose what news they want to see and what views they want to hold. And it's the ultimate American democratic expression and experiment. And it is the celebration of free press and free speech with free markets. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The David Knight Show. Deceit. Telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And now, your host, David Knight. Welcome back. As I pointed out, 53% of the people want a census question. Are you a citizen? Uh, The question that has always been a part of the census, except when Obama took it off. 
And uh, yet the Democrats don't want that, even though, as CNN points out in their poll, six out of 10 people in swing states want that question asked. Why is it? Well, because we don't want foreign citizens inflating the representation of sanctuary states. We don't want them voting in our elections because they're criminally trespassing. They're still citizens in the countries that they came from. A majority of Americans also want mass deportation of illegals. A Harvard-Harris poll, yet another poll, finds 51% of American voters support mass deportations. More than 80% of Republicans, more than 50% of swing voters, want mass deportations if Congress fails to act. They want President Trump to do it by executive order. Nearly 90% of Trump supporters said that. So 80% of Republicans, 90% of Trump supporters want him to do something. Don't keep waiting for Mexico to protect our border. Don't keep waiting for Congress to protect our border. A majority of Americans between the ages of 35 and 49 years of age also support deportations if Congress does not act. Let me tell you, they ran the poll in Mexico by a three-to-one majority in, in Mexico. Mexicans want the people who have uh, foreign citizens who have criminally trespassed into their country deported by three-to-one. Mexicans want deportations of illegal aliens out of Mexico. By a majority of two to one in the polls, they want the military to seal the border off from people who are coming in from Central America. They're tired of it, too, in Mexico. It's not racist. The Mexican people want Mexico for Mexico. The American people want America for America. And we want to make sure that our elections are not rigged with foreign interference, which is what the Democrats are trying to do. While they talk about foreign interference, give me a break. $100,000 worth of ads on Facebook when you got Facebook rigging the entire discussion, controlling the public discussion, controlling the public's free speech, shutting down independent free press like InfoWars, and you say $100,000, even if that is true, that's the best case they could come up with. No, what the Democrats are doing with foreigners registered to vote here Foreigners that even if they don't vote will be counted. Now, that's even, you know, think about that. If California gets more representation, which is what the California judge said, hey, we're going to lose political power and we're going to lose money if we don't count these foreign citizens criminally trespassing. So even if they don't give them the vote, that means that uh, the Democrats get elected from California. You'll have more Democrats from California. Their numbers will be inflated even if the Foreign citizens are not voting for them. Even if they don't have the vote in the federal election, there will be more Democrat congressmen in California, and they will all be Democrats. By the way, let's just spend a little bit of time here about where this uh, citizenship question came from. As Human Events points out, the citizenship question is not controversial. What should be controversial is the fact that Obama deleted it. Ending DACA should not be controversial. What should be controversial is that the Obama administration, by executive order, and of course it was Janet Napolitano, Homeland Security head, who said, I'm not going to enforce the law. I'm not going to enforce the law that I swore to upheld. That should be controversial. That wasn't controversial. What should be controversial is when federal judges say, that was an executive order by the Obama administration, but you can't overthrow it with an executive order from President Trump. That should be controversial. No, this citizenship question has been there. Is this person a citizen of the United States? Uh, that uh, Obama's efforts to not ask the question, writes Human Events, 
was limited to the 2010 census. From 2009 to 2016, the Obama Census Bureau had no problem asking anyone if they were Americans on all eight of its annual American community surveys. It targeted a smaller demographic key to the success of the Democrats in the eight years of his administration. The ACS even asked the question in both English as well as in Spanish in the decades prior. In administrations from Bush to Clinton, going all the way back to 1820, uh, there were questions on citizenship, on nationality, on nativity. Where were you born? The process originated with Thomas Jefferson. But, of course, we don't like Thomas Jefferson or Declaration of Independence. All that stuff has got to go. Uh, By the way, I was just notified that uh, Ross Perot has died. At the age of 89, and of course, remember him for his uh, runs of the presidency, and, but especially for his opposition to NAFTA, to NAFTA. He accurately predicted exactly what was going to happen with NAFTA. And of course, George H.W. Bush and Bill Clinton, they were both on board with it. So there wasn't any discussion between the two of them. Ross Perot had this to say about it. Run the clip. We have got to stop sending jobs overseas. To those of you in the audience who are business people, pretty simple. If you're paying $12, $13, $14 an hour for factory workers, and you can move your factory south of the border, pay a dollar an hour for labor, hire a young 25, that's assume you've been in business for a long time, you've got a mature workforce. Pay a dollar an hour for your labor, have no health care, that's the most expensive single element, making a car, have no environmental controls, no pollution controls, and no retirement, and you don't care about anything but making money, there will be a giant sucking sound going south. That's right. Look at wage costs. Look at the lack of regulations, lack of health care costs. Uh, That's basically what's happened with China as well. The giant sucking sound of money going south. And, of course, he was absolutely right. We'd had a rough parity of trade deficits between the U.S. and Mexico, for example. Uh, it fluctuated from between 2 and $5 billion each year. Some years, the U.S. would be ahead. Some years, Mexico would be ahead. But it never fluctuated by more than uh, 2 to $5 billion with one country some years ahead and the other one, uh, 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 another year, the other country would have a surplus of trade. But after NAFTA was passed, the trade deficit with Mexico immediately jumped. Remember, it was trading in the two to five, plus or minus two to five billion dollars. It jumped to $17 billion. And it stayed there for the next two or three years. And it never got any lower than a $17 billion deficit. So you had a situation where, you know, some years we had a a two to five billion dollar trade surplus with Mexico. Some years they had the surplus with us, but it always was uh, 2 to $5 billion. Jumps to $17 billion. It got as high as $72 billion. But it's now typically about, you know, $50, $60 billion a year. That is what is called a giant sucking sound. And, of course, the establishment, both Democrat and Republican, was full on to go with that. And that's why these people hate President Trump so much, because he said we're not going to let that sucking continue. Uh, it's gotten much bigger The problem has gotten much bigger with China. They all come after President Trump. Say, look at this. He invented tariffs. No, he didn't. Tariffs invented the United States, quite frankly. You had, as I pointed out before, Thomas Jefferson, in his second inaugural address, said, we've eliminated all these useless offices 
and unconstitutional offices that had been put in by his predecessor, Adams. He said, we've eliminated that so we can ask what farmer, what laborer, what mechanic knows a tax man within the United States? Nobody. Nobody pays any federal taxes. We can support a government that is the size of the Constitution just with taxes at the border on goods and services crossing the border. We don't have to have an internal revenue service. The country was funded on tariffs, completely funded on the the Federal Reserve was completely, uh, not the Federal Reserve, the uh, federal government was completely funded on taxes at the border until they decided that they were going to establish the Federal Reserve and the income tax at the same time in 1913. That's when the globalists and the bankers decided that they were going to tax every American, every farmer, every laborer, and give themselves a free ride. And that's exactly what Ross Perot was fighting for. Ross Perot, dead at the age of 89. We'll be right back. Stay with us. We will always be the people who defeated a tyrant, crossed the continent, harnessed science, took to the skies, and soared into the heavens. Because we will never forget that we are Americans and the future belongs to us. The future belongs to the brave, the strong, the proud, and the free. We are one people chasing one dream and one magnificent destiny. We all share the same heroes, the same home, the same heart, and we are all made by the same almighty God. Infowars.com, tomorrow's news today. Full power of the Republic in the name of Jesus Christ. Full power! Damn the torpedoes, go straight at them. talk to Marcus in New York. Marcus, you're on the air. Thanks for holding. Hey, Alex. Yeah, I just want to say, uh, your show is a breath of fresh air. I talk to a lot of people here out in New York City, and one thing I can tell you is that almost nobody agrees with these wars. I think that the neocons are trying desperately to get Trump to go to a war because they know that that's the only way that they could defeat him in the eyes of the public the approaching 2020. That's it. I mean, if Trump buys into this, it'll be the end of his presidency. It's the only way I think he can be defeated other than assassinating him. It's a time to be praying, my friend. I agree entirely in the last thing I just want to say, Alex, is I know they're trying to shut you down, but the reinforcements have arrived, man. I would love to see you on air until you're 80 years old. I would love to see what you're talking about when you're 80. But if they do shut you down, no, you've gone into this war. You've won a lot of battles, and there are a lot of people like myself and many others who are going to continue. We're going to keep fighting in the info war, and even if something does happen to you or your show, know for a fact that you've gotten a lot of people fired up for liberty. Thank you, sir, for calling. You're listening to The David Knight Show. Welcome back. I love the music uh, that accompanied the old westerns of the mid-20th centuries. It just has a freedom of openness, of uh, feeling of freedom and liberty. 
the ability to go wherever you want. I mean, that's wagon train right there. Uh, they're going to shut the wagon trains down. They're going to lock you in the cities. <laughs> Agenda 21, the UN 2030 Agenda for Sustainability is going to lock you up. Don't fence me in. I don't want that. Uh, so, yeah, we've lost that culture. We better pay attention to what's going on. I, w- I want to talk more about this census question because, really, it's the question of authority. Besides the citizenship question that we really need to get into here with this, and what is happening with the Department of Justice and Attorney General Barr? Very important questions involved here. Before we do, real quickly, uh, we don't. I don't know what the specials are being changed to. They're they're changing as I speak right now. So let me just tell you to go to infowarsstore.com. You'll see some new specials that are going up there. We've had uh, massive discounts that have been up for a couple of weeks, and they're changing the Fourth of July special. But, folks, you are our only sponsor, and it's the products that you buy, uh, the natural, safe, and effective products that you buy at InfoWarsStore.com, including things like uh, our toothpaste, even. Right? No fluoride. We don't have any rat poison in our toothpaste. <laughs> if you swallow it, you don't need to call poison control, which is, you look at your fluoride toothpaste, it says that on the back of it. So there's no rat poison in our toothpaste. Instead, we have nano silver, which fights bacteria. And virus, both of those. Of course, bacteria causes bad breath. It also causes tooth decay. It also causes heart disease. It fights all that stuff as well as viruses. And it also has the good halogen. It has iodine in it, not fluoride. Uh, We also have natural products like pollen block. My wife swears by that. We've lived in many different climates. So it's not a climate issue. It's not a pollen issue. She has some sinus issues. And she's not found anything anywhere that works like pollen block. It doesn't matter whether it's a pharmaceutical drug or whether it is something that is an alternative uh, health care thing, like a neti pot or anything. Nothing works for her like pollen block. Uh, so you'll find a lot of products like that. Take a look, see what the new specials are at InfoWarsStore.com. Also, don't forget, you can always find the content for this show, not only the full show, but different videos that are cut out by content. You can find that at InfoWars.com forward slash David dash night dash show. And you can find me on YouTube and on Twitter. On YouTube, you can subscribe and share to Libertarian. YouTube.com forward slash Libertarian. Kind of like Libertarian, but I'm about liberty. Uh, so it's Libertarian, not Liberaltarian, Libertarian. And you can also find me the same name, Twitter, Libertarian. Uh, you can follow me and retweet there on Twitter. Uh, also, we've got a lot of podcasts. And coming up soon, I'm going to start putting out I think some audiobooks, especially on the podcast, but I'll probably also do it on the uh, video feeds as well. I'm going to put out some audiobooks of some classic uh, books, pamphlets, tracts that are very significant in the history of liberty uh, for this country. I think you'll enjoy some of those. You know, Alex's documentaries, I think, have always been very, very effective in terms of getting people to understand the bigger picture. There's only so much that we can do on a daily basis. You know, people who listen to me every day. I don't want to hear me going through the whole litany, for example, of how social media got control. You know, going back to DARPA and their vision of the Internet, going back to Incutel and the venture capital firm that was set up by the CIA, the venture capital firms that had people from the intelligence community sitting on the board. You don't want me to hear me go into all of that kind of stuff as a background each time. That's the kind of stuff that's good for uh, documentaries. Uh, and I think in the same way, some of the classic thinking that formed this country, uh, that founded this country. I, I want to do some of those on classic books, so you'll find those on the podcast. So 
Uh, we've got a variety of places that carry the podcast. Uh, even iTunes carries this uh, show as a podcast. So don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well. Let's go back to the question of authority, the census question. And it really is a question of authority. As I said, that question has always been asked in one part of the census or another, in English and in Spanish in recent years, uh, except for when Obama did it. He took that question away. And so that ought to be the question. Why, why was that taken away? Why did the Obama administration no longer enforce immigration laws for people who were criminally trespassing, foreign citizens who came here? We're not even born here. We're not talking about the anchor baby thing. We're talking about DACA and the Dreamers. There never was a Dream Act. There is no such thing as a Dreamer. They never passed the Dream Act. You had an executive order where Janet Napolitano, Homeland Security, says, I'm not going to enforce the law. And now the judges tell President Trump, well, that's an Obama executive order. As a Republican, you don't have the authority to overturn an Obama executive order. Well, he has the authority. Does he have the political spine to do it? That's the question. And that's the same question when it comes to the census. Does President Trump has the authority to ask anything that he wants on this census? Even Roberts said so. And we got to bow down and worship John Roberts. And the Supreme Court, right? No, you don't. But even Roberts said they can ask anything they want. You know, uh, to to show you how ridiculous this is, even Snopes, even Snopes, the left-wing, cat-clutching, (laughs) couch-sitting arbiters of truth have said, admitted, yeah, Obama built the cages for the immigrant children. So let's let's get beyond the concentration camp stuff with that. And yes, Obama was the one who took off the citizenship question. And now NPR is saying we're going to have a judge review the claims of census citizenship questions and its discriminatory origins, discriminatory. So here we are. We don't have judges anymore that look at the letter of the law. They don't look at the Constitution. Instead, they try to discern the motives of President Trump. Karnak the Magnificent is now our judge. I have here in my little hand (laughs) the motives. I can read the mind of President Trump. It doesn't matter what it says. Now, that, that regulation, he may have the authority to do that, but I think he made a hate crime. I think he hates those people. And because he hates those people, even though he has the authority to do this, I'm not going to let him do it. What do I think He was thinking. That's the important thing. What these judges think that President Trump was thinking. What are his motives? Did he commit a hate crime when he wrote that perfectly legal bill that he has the authority to do? That's really what we're talking about here. So now a federal judge, says NPR in Maryland, is moving forward with a case that claims the Trump administration intended to discriminate. Intended to discriminate. (laughs) Evil intentions. Against immigrant communities of color. By adding the census question that has been there since the 1820s. Maybe Obama was intending to discriminate in favor of those communities when he removed it. Who knows? Maybe he was intending to discriminate in California. And here's what NPR puts in their piece here. They said, well, you know, when he was asked on Friday as he was on the White House lawn leaving for the weekend, the 4th of July weekend, he said, you need, you need it for Congress, for districting. You need it for appropriations. He was right. It's about determining. uh, You're going to do the census. That determines what the congressional districts are and how many congressmen each state get. And the sanctuary states are going to get more. 
And he says you need it for appropriations. Now, we had a federal judge, as I pointed out many times, the California federal judge who struck this down said, if you ask this census question, it's going to cost California political power and money. Now, the federal judge can say that, and he's okay when he says that. But if President Trump says that, NPR thinks that's evidence of bias. That's evidence of racism. President Trump just said the same thing that that federal judge said. We all know what this is about. We're supposed to pretend that it's not about this. We're supposed to pretend that it's not about blind partisan politics. And we're supposed to pretend that the judges at every single level, when I was getting coffee this morning, I saw Judge Napolitano on on Fox News, and he was holding court about what all this means. And he talked about this as well. And he goes, see, he got himself in trouble there. He can ask any question he wants, said Judge Napolitano. But Judge Napolitano, being a lawyer, (laughs) said he has to justify to the judiciary why he asked these questions. No, he doesn't, Judge Napolitano. He is a separate branch of the government. Read the damn Constitution. You're such an authority on this. The president has the authority to ask any question he wants. And he doesn't need to justify it to you or any other judge including the Supreme Court judges. He doesn't have to, to justify that. You know, that wasn't a technical language yet, but it is about congressional representation and it is about the money. It is about political power. And the biggest political power that is being wielded over us is this usurpation of judicial authority. They don't have the authority to micromanage every aspect of the federal government and every aspect of our personal lives. And it's about time that President Trump take that authority back that never was theirs. Take a look at Andrew Jackson, President Trump. He knew where the lines of authority were drawn. We'll be right back. 1776 worldwide. That's a term I coined 15 years ago. What does it really mean? It means... The idea of American freedom, renaissance, worldwide. doesn't mean we go conquer countries. It means our superior Western values of true freedom get adopted because compared to globalism, it's night and day. We're going to do a 34-hour special broadcast that kicks off this Thursday morning at 8 a.m. with David Knight, runs right through with me and many others till the next day at 6 p.m. on the war room. We're going to have our crew in D.C. at the White House uh, Summit on social media. We're going to be at the after party with all the key folks taking action against censorship and so much more. So everybody, share that link. Infowars.com forward slash show. Kicking off this Thursday at 8 a.m. Central at Infowars.com forward slash show. 1776 Worldwide.